Can you, can you feel that God's doing something? Can you just sense that just in the whole environment of everything in our nation, in our world, God is doing some things. He's getting things lined up. And it's quite exciting to be a part of, his, of, of him aligning us. And, um, you know, divine connections. And we've, um, we have, uh, you know, connected with Patsy Caminetti, Patsy and Tony Caminetti, who are, um, have worked with um, Rama for 30 years. And we've connected with them. And they feel, they feel a divine connection with us. She said, the moment I saw you, and she said, I know, we've got a same spirit. There's something in the spirit realm. To, we're going to be doing some stuff together. And she's invited me to, to minister with her, which is a pretty big privilege. <laughs> you think, whoa! <laughs> so that's, that's cool. And she's align, want, wanting to align our church with Rhema in, in some areas. And so we're going to be doing some exciting things and training and things like that, which is quite exciting um, in that area. And uh, the same with... Uh, with Fergus, you know when you meet someone for the first time and you know something, it's just not a hi, how are you? There's just a connection in the unseen. And God's done that with us, with Fergus and Judy, his wife as well. And so we're, we're really excited about uh, our, our future together, what God is doing with us. Because you see, we're destined for supernatural stuff. I mean, this has been in our DNA since we were born again. And as I said with you many times, when I first got born again and opened the book and found Jesus walking on water, well, I want to do that. You know, and in Scotland, trying to walk on water, just me and God. You know, but my boots were going in, <laughs> getting went, okay, God, not today, but hey, look, you know, oh, you can do that stuff. I want to do it. And, and, and that's, that, that's how kids think. I mean, if dad does it, we want to do it. And God, our dad, and our big brother, they do stuff that we want to do. And that's quite normal. You know, it's quite normal for us to want to do what Dad does and do what our big brother does. And so whatever he does, we can do. And so it's just learning to, you know, like they were saying, the convention was just to shut down our mind that says we can't, our natural mind, and know, go with the mind of the Spirit, which is in the inside of us, and learning to do that because it's another language. We've been speaking the natural language for years and years and years, and we come on into the Spirit realm, and we are a Spirit being, and we need to learn the language of the Spirit. And the language of the Spirit is visions and dreams. Visions and dreams, dreaming things and visualizing things. And then speaking out what we see inside here, not here. Even though the mind's screaming, you can't do it. Um, you can't do that. Who are you? Who do you think you are? But we're not listening to that mind. We've been delivered from a carnal mind. We've actually got the mind of the Spirit right now. We've got God's mind. And God's mind and God's Spirit says that all things are possible for you. That you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And so that's what we're learning to do, the language of the Spirit. And so even this morning, we're going we're gonna to be speaking on this. In fact, I'm going to be speaking on the message that I shared at the ladies' convention, uh, which is that you do have a dream. You do have a dream. You're not trying to get a dream. You've already got a dream inside here. There's many dreams, actually. There's dreams of wanting to be married, wanting to have a house, wanting to have you know, stuff and, and, and do things. But there's also a God dream within that that may seem very natural, to begin with, but there's going to be a supernatural connection to that, and God's going to use those natural desires. God says that he gives you the desires of your heart. And when we first heard that years ago, he gives you the desires of your heart, but then he also gives you the desires of your heart. Can you see there's two things there, that he gives you a desire, and then he gives you the desire. And so there's two things there. And so the things that are going on inside you, God's giving you that stuff, and he wants to give it to you. 
He wants it to come to pass. And so I want to have a look at that, right? Look at this, and it'll, it'll come out different, ladies. So, so don't panic that we're having another, you're having the same session as you had last week uh, at, at the daughters' conference. It'll come out a different way. I'll probably take out some of the feminine stuff and give a bit of a grunt for the men so, um, so they can handle it and they can hear. And so, and so when I'm speaking, you know, we are speaking spiritual things. This is spiritual stuff. And so Jesus said, My words are, they are spirit and they are life. And so when you come to church, you are hearing spirit. You're hearing spiritual stuff, all right? And you're hearing life. And sometimes it doesn't always make sense to the natural mind, but that's all right. That's okay. We renew our mind, Romans tells us. Renew that mind to think like God thinks. And then when you've got your spirit and your mind aligned together, supernatural stuff starts to happen in your life. And so we're learning to do that. And so you do have a dream. In fact, I was going to, um, we'll see how far we get with that. Don't look at your notes because we may use some of it, we may not. Uh, have, has anyone got outlines? If you haven't got an outline, put up your hand, but we may, just depending on where we, where we go. So don't look down at it and get distracted. And then when I only start on page one, and you think, oh my goodness, she's been talking for an hour and she's only on page one, that's all right. We move through the last three pages very quickly. <laughs> all right. And so I'll just, I'll just talk a little bit here. In fact, I was going to be speaking to you, and it's on my heart, and I'm carrying it. I want to speak to you about the God who's too much. He's too much. He's a God that's actually too much. He's not just more than enough. He's actually a God who's too much. And I really sense that God is wanting to break the spirit of poverty off of us. Hallelujah. All right, anything that's limitation, any limitation. And so we're going to talk about that before the end of the year. And I think Fergus has actually, he told me yesterday, he's going to be talking about increase. And so there's going to be some stuff happening. God's talking about the same things and interweaving messages. You know, Patsy, the convention, when I talked about you do have a dream and she came on and after me and just connected all the stuff together and then talked about how to guard your heart, guarding that dream and your eyes, you know, of your understanding and letting what, we you know, sort of Satan's going to come in and try and take a hold of your dream. And so God is talking some stuff and that's why I don't want to shift off this. I mean, I just want to go with the flow of what God is doing right now so that we can actually catch hold of what he is wanting to do in us right now at this time and so there's a scripture there that uh, the first scripture and then we and then we won't look at our notes for quite some time Habakkuk 2 2 and and God is talking there and he says write the vision and make it plain on tablets so that he may read that runs and so what God is doing right now in his church is he is writing vision on our heart and he's talking about things like our authority He's talking about your position in Christ, which is far above everything else in this earth. And we are seated in heavenly places next to God, right next to God. And we are next to God, but we're also in God, in Christ Jesus, and he's in us. And so he's talking, he's talking increase. He's talking abundance. He's talking a whole lot of stuff because he's shifting things and he's getting things ready. All right, And so we, we, we want God to write that vision on our heart, writing it on in the inside here. And when, when that vision is on the inside here, it says here that we're going to run. Anyone that can, has that vision written inside here, we're going to run who reads it. And so God is getting his church ready to get up and run and do some stuff in the earth. 
He's coming back for a glorious church without spot, so we're not too old and without wrinkles, okay? So we haven't got spots on us because we're too young and we haven't got wrinkles because we're too old. We are a glorious church and we're part of that. And so he's aligning things and he's writing stuff on our heart right now, writing that vision so that we can see it plainly. And so we're not in darkness so that we can't see, but so that we can see where we are, see who we are, where we're going, and we're going to run with that. Praise the Lord. And so I love talking about dreams and vision you see because uh, dreams are the place where God lives you see God is a dreamer God dreams all the time and that's the place that he lives in and so he's wanting us to live there too you see in dreams you know when you you know sort of if, if you talk about dreams you talk about vision it's really out there stuff and sometimes it can appear to be so out there that it's just too much you know when you get around God things are too much it's just it's just a little bit too much I mean, I was just talking to Martin the other day, and when I preach it, you see, he hasn't got just one, he hasn't just got one door into his house, he's got 12. That's a bit too much, don't you reckon? You know, and they're made of single pearls, you know, and he just doesn't have ordinary streets, they're made with gold, you know, you know and, and, he, and he's, got a, he's got a planet that goes on for, he's got a sort of a universe that goes on forever. He said, light be, and it just carries on. You know, and he, he just doesn't have a few stars up there. He has an innumerable amount of stars. You know, and his angels, you think he could have a few hundred, a few thousand, but no. The Bible talks about in Revelation, he has an innumerable amount of angels. And if he gets tired of that, he can just flick his, flick his finger and just say, I want another 10,000, I want another million angels. He's just a God of too much, a God of more than enough. And so that's the place of dreams and visions. It just seems a bit too much. But when you hang around with God, those dreams start to become normal. And he expands our thinking in here. He expands our thinking in our spirit man. And, that, and then we are able to see all of a sudden that you start to live around God, live around his dreams and visions, and then all of a sudden one day they become a reality. You're actually walking in your dream, walking in your vision. So that's what we're going to do today. And so God has told me, all right, all right, so there's going to be about three groups of people here today. There's some of you that have already got a vision to do some stuff. All right, and so you're already living in that place that you've got a vision. And so what God is just going to do, he's, just, he's going to encourage you with this message and just tell you to just keep focus, keep holding on, because you're about to give birth to it. All right, you're about to birth something in the, in, into the natural realm. And see, some of you men didn't know you could give birth, but you can. All right, <laughs> you can birth a dream for God. He'll put his seed inside you, his dream inside you, and you'll carry it for God. And, that, and as you just continue to carry it and just guard that dream, there's a time when it's going to give birth and you're going to see something amazing on the earth happen. And there's some people here that, you have, that you've had a dream, but you've allowed life to crowd it out and you've allowed circumstances just to crowd in on your dream. Well, God's just about to reignite that dream. And he's going to do that today as you hear what I'm speaking. You hear God's words. He's going to just ignite, ignite some dream stuff in you and, and let you know that it's okay to dream. And it's okay to even dream natural stuff. And it's okay to have, want to have a house and want to have children and want to have more than enough and want to have five cars and give one away. It's okay to have natural dreams like that. All right? Don't let Satan tell you that you can't have dreams. Oh, Christians can't dream that, hey, I want a better job or I want promotion. You can dream whatever you want and God will bring it to pass for you. If it's helping people and lifting people and blessing you so that you can bless others, then God's in on that. And so it's okay to want to have a good job. We don't want to be at the bottom of the pile. God wants you at the top. And there's people here right now and you haven't even dared to dream. You haven't even dared to think that you could dream. 
And all God is saying to you, you, you actually have been dreaming, you've just been thinking about the wrong things. And you've been seeing yourself at the bottom here rather than at the top. And so God's going to turn that around today and let you see that he's called you to be at the top of stuff and not at the bottom. You see, it's time for you to get out. Get out of that limitation. Get out of limited thinking and get out and, and be in a place where there's more than enough and there's unlimited power of God. And so God's going to do that today. Praise God. So let's have a look. You see, I'm just talking about my dream and I was sharing with the girls at the convention. You see, I have a dream and I've had a dream for years for the church to be the church. And that's, that's you. We're talking about you. For us to move in signs and wonders. For us to stand before this nation and say, I'll prove to you that my God is alive. And the people that are sick, get up and walk in Jesus' name. I have a dream that's inside me and I shut it down for a while because it just seemed too extreme and scared people. But I know that we are going to stand before the nations. We're going to stand before people of authority in this nation and we're going to prove that our God is alive. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. Open and have eyes opened. The blind see, the deaf walk, the dead are raised. Now I've tried to raise a couple of dead people. They didn't come up. They weren't, they weren't obedient, but that's all right. I'll keep on practicing. If you have a dead person you want me to practice on, fine, I'll do that. I will, I will. You know, let's, let's practice. Practice until we raise them. Practice until the, 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 the deaf hear. Practice until the blind see. Because that's that dream that's inside. You see, and so I'm pregnant with that. I'm carrying that. And I'm not letting that go. You see, and you have a dream as well. God has something for you. You see, and some people might think, well, Vanessa, you're just talking too big. You're talking too big. It's just too big. I mean, I'm trying, just trying to get the victory over my, over, over my bills right now. I'm just trying to get the victory over my bank account or my credit card. But you see, and I shared this at the beginning of the year with visions and dreams. You see, dreams are not where we are now. Dreams are a snapshot of the future. That's what they are. So it's okay. that they, they've got, They're supposed to be too big. Are you out there? They're supposed to be bigger than we are. It's supposed to be out there. It's supposed to stretch us because that's our future. That's where we're going. You see, God uses visions and dreams. He uses that ability within us to show us what's out there for us. You know, when you, when you close your eyes and you, you just imagine, just imagine yourself in a better home, walking around in that lounge, beautiful leather lounge suite, you know, just the whole thing's paid for. Imagine yourself with a new car. Imagine yourself married. And, and if you want children, you've got children. You can just imagine and dream those things. You see, in your imagination, we can do anything. You know, we can even fly. <laughs> and that's why somebody invented a plane. Because he dreamed he could fly. You see, someone dreamed. Every invention that's come onto the earth, they dreamed about that invention and it took a hold of them, and they gave their life for it until they brought it forth into the earth. You see, in the still inventions that are out there in the spirit realm that God wants some people to get a hold of and say, I know this can be done, and bring it forth upon the earth and do something to bless humanity. Wonderful. That's that place that we belong to. You see, so dreams, when we talk about this, and this is on your outline, dreams talk to the part in us that knows no limit. And that's in our imagination and our spirit being. Our spirit and our imagination is one and then it's connected to our natural mind. And so that's that part that knows no limit. And so God wants us, he's talking to the church right now to give time to this, to let's give time to start dreaming and visualizing. 
You see, it's the language of the Spirit where all things are possible. You see, we are spirit beings, and in the Spirit, all things are possible. All right, you are not a carnal mind. We are not a carnal mind. We are not a mind. We are a spirit, and we have a mind, and we live in this body. And so we are living our life. When we start to visualize and we start to dream, we are living in that place of our spirit. The spirit, God is spirit. You see, and that's how we bring things forth. We see them first of all, and then we bring them forth. Okay. So praise the Lord. You see, as I, was, I shared with the ladies, you see, in Bible times, you see, God would turn around and he'd turn up, you know, into people's lives. And, and he'd turn in the Old Testament and he would turn around and he would come to people like Moses and Noah. I mean, you imagine Noah right now and God is just saying, I've got a dream to build a boat. I mean, there'd never been any rain on the planet. But God says, I've got this dream, Noah. And some of you guys are boaty guys. You think, man, God, they're talking my language. You see, back then, but they didn't have boats because they didn't have rain. All right? And so God comes to this guy and gives him a dream to build this boat. He was 120 years building that boat. He hadn't seen one ounce of rain, one drop of rain, but he was carrying something in here, and he was obedient to that. 120 years he was carrying that, and then there was the sound of rain that came. Now, that boat was big enough to save lots and lots of people, but they didn't want to hear the message of salvation, and so it only saved eight and all the animals, as we know. You see, God came to people, people like Jeremiah, people like Gideon, and God says, I have a dream for you. And these guys are like, no, God, this is just too much. I can't do that. Jeremiah says, God, I can't do that. I'm only a youth. What did Gideon say? He says, I can't do what you've called me to do. What did Moses do? I can't do that. You see, but God just gently works with us and continues to work with us and continues to hold that word and hold that vision before them until he had them convinced. And once they were convinced, I tell you, supernatural manifestations happened on the earth. Great deliverances happened on the earth because a man or a woman got a hold of God's dream and God got a hold of them and the two connected and man, something happened on the earth. And so that's the place that we're talking about. Praise God. You see, God's biggest challenge is not a power issue. This is on your outline. And it's not even the enemy. God's biggest challenge is convincing us that we are who he says we are, that we can do what he says we can do, that's his biggest challenge, to get a hold of this and to slap this mind and get us to receive it in our spirit. And so that's what God is wanting us to do. Receive this morning that, hey, I am somebody. I can do what you've called me to do. Yes, these desires that are in there that I've probably been pushing to the side right now. Lord, I'm giving them some more attention. I'm going to do that for you. And so God, oftentimes, he will come to us with another fresh prophetic word. I mean, you can read stuff in the Bible and preachers can preach stuff, but then he'll come and he'll swing in with another prophetic message or a prophetic word over your life personally or over a church. Why does he do that? Because he's trying to get something into us. He's trying to paint a picture that will grab this natural mind and arrest it so that we can actually produce what God wants us to. And so God has done that with us as a church. I mean, 2007, God had said, hey, I've opened doors that no man can shut. And so the picture is there, man, God, doors are open. And so we have seen right now over our city that God has said that the hearts of the people are open never to shut again. And so wherever I'm looking in the city right now, I'm talking to people wherever I go shopping because I know their hearts are open. I see a picture of open hearts. I see salvations happening in our street. And so I've got a picture of that. And so I'm living in that 
that place. And so God has used that word to do that. What else did he say to us? He said it's a season of harvest, a season of his glory. And so words like that are painting pictures and images inside of us. Another thing he said, and I looked at it, um, and, and I looked this up this week, and it is, um, God, Stephen said in this year in February, he says God's, God's saying his pioneering spirit is stirred in us. We're going into new places and new levels. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe that, that God's got new places and new levels. Do you want to turn the heater down? I'm a bit hot, and I can see people are getting a bit hot out there. They're falling asleep. We don't want that. All right. Okay, so you out there, does, is this making sense to people right now or am I just dribbling? Okay, so have a look on your outline, what pioneers mean. And let that paint a picture because this is who you are. This is who we are. A pioneer is a groundbreaker. And so God is wanting us to break ground in the spirit and in the natural. But we can't always do it in the natural realm unless we know that we can do it in the spirit and we're busting through things, seeing that we can do something. I want to do something. I want to bust through this thing. It says here, it won't accept boundaries. I mean, what boundaries are in your life right now that are telling you that you can't? A pioneer, and you are a pioneer, and who, if you're a pioneer, then you are not accepting the boundary that says that you can't be wealthy that you can't be healthy, that you can't be bold as a lion. Those boundaries that say, oh no, I can't do that. My parents weren't able to do that. We were never rich. We were never educated. I'm just going to live on that rung, that place. And even tradition that says you can't be better than your family. I mean, some of this, the island traditions that say that you can't be bigger and better than your parents is a dishonor. That is actually a, a doctrine that is not right. God says in his word that you are to go from glory to glory to glory. And so you can bust out of that boundary that says that you have to stay at, at a working class level. You see, push against limitations. That's what a pioneer does. He's pushing against limitations. Some people that want to get into business want to make mega dollars. Great, go, go for it. Push against the boundaries. Yeah, don't listen to the news that says it's, the economy's crashing. God's got an economy that's never crashed. And we're living in that economy. While they go down, we're going up. Someone's got to hold on to the gold in the planet. Someone's got to have the gold in the planet. The gold hasn't left the planet. The money hasn't left the planet. It's all still here. There's just a few people that are manipulating money. You see, it says there, we're leading the way. A pioneer leads the way. And so we're here to lead the way, seeing ourselves lead the way. You may not see yourself as a leader, but God sees you as a leader. That's God's vision for you. You see, doesn't give in to fear. What, is it, what, what, what picture is, 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 is perhaps in your mind that's haunting you of fear that I can't do? I can't do what God's called. I can't speak, Gideon says. Jeremiah says, I can't speak. But God says, you're not giving away to fear. You see, that's what a pioneer is. You see, we, we know that we're seated in heavenly places next to Christ. That's his vision for us. You see, and so... We don't have to hold on to limitations, dreams. Spending time in that dream world will bust through that until, as I said before, finally we're living so much on that world on the inside, that dream that God has for us, that the outside world just no longer has any authority over us. And then that last, last month, 
God said to us about miraculous manifestations of money. And as I sort of said to you, I mean, he gave that to me on the plane. You know, you're flying up in the sky and talking to God in the plane. And, and, and God dropped that in my heart. And I mean, I was excited that a couple of weeks ago, sharing with you my talk about to God at the clothesline and talking to him about, God, I'm telling people to take it, to take this. And I'm wanting, I'm wanting our church to take the miraculous manifestations of money in the next month. I want them to take it. I want them to experience the miraculous. I'm talking to God and just, Ugh! how do I take it or tell them how to take it? You said to do that. And so God was, what did he say to me? He said, you start to dream and visualize, Vanessa. Start to see the millions of dollars because, I mean, the, the vision we have, we need millions. We need millions of dollars. You know, and some of you are going to be working for the church. I mean, we've got a, you know, kindergartens. We've got a vision for Bible school. We've got a vision for health center. We've got a vision to take up this whole block. That's our vision, is to bless, is to bless. I mean, youth center, we've got, I mean, stuff, stuff that's just out there, that's so out there, but we need millions for it. Not only that, I've got a dream to actually help a lot of our pastor friends pay off their places. And so I just started to do that, spent time on that, on that Sunday just dreaming. Million here, million there. And then, like I said to you, I was dreaming about putting, putting money into all of your accounts, you know, and, just, and then I was just proving, ha, see, I told you it's going to be a miraculous manifestation of money. Look, ha, you found it in your bank account. And I was just trying to be God. But yeah, that's all right. The Bible says imitate God as dear children. And so I was just trying to dump it in your bank account for you. That's what I wanted to, that's what I was dreaming. And, 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 and so I carried on doing that. I thought, oh, this is so good. What a world. To, to live in, you know, and, and, then, and then I was, you know, talking to God, and I said, but look, God, when I come back down into my natural thinking, it hurts, because it's so far. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so we can, you know, natural thinking and God thinking is just so out there, so, so different. But you see, God says, unless you can see it, you can't have it, Vanessa. And so I made up my mind that, hey, I'm going to new levels in my dream time. New places in my dream time. Dreaming. You young people dreaming. The sky is not the limit. The sky is not the limit for you. You can do whatever you want to do in God. God has put something inside of you, and you just need to, get, you just need to give it a go. And so, see, see, some people took a hold of that, that miraculous man. And we've had lots of stuff been happening. We've been having lots of stuff happening. And we've got, we, we've got one person in, the, in this place that's, that's just stepped out. I mean, some of you had double incomes and all kinds of stuff happen, $40,000 up in their wages, all kinds of stuff. People have got a, got a hold and caught a hold of what God has got. But you see, we've got people in our, in our church that have had inventions and things like that. And I mean, that, that talk about the skies of the limit. God has just opened up stuff that is so supernatural that I'm not allowed to mention. because you wouldn't believe me but it's out there it's so out there that you might hear it one day <laughs> I really would like to tell them tell them well how about this how about this to blow your, blow your stack that God, that, that, that God has given, given this person an invention and it's, 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 it's worth 800 million American dollars how about that last week Now, don't get distracted. We're carrying on. 
There's a transfer, the Bible says, in the last days, there's coming a transfer of wealth out of the hands of the unjust into the hands of the just to build the kingdom. It happened in Egypt when Israel left Egypt and God told them to get all of the gold and borrow all the stuff from the Egyptians and take it out. And what did they do? He took them to the desert. There was no malls, no shopping centers, no nothing. They were there to build the house of God. And so you've got inventions inside you. You've got business deals inside you. You've got stuff that's inside you. Whatever your gifting is, your gifting will multiply and increase in such abundance that it's too much for you and it's going to be a blessing to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ who needs the gospel out into our nation for advertising, television, whatever it is that God needs because we've got a harvest of souls that is out there that are on their way to hell and they can never get out. They can never get out. And we're responsible for that generation, this generation, our generation. And so God is going to transfer wealth that is super abundant above all we could ever ask or think according to the power that is working inside us. That power is your dream. Your dream that, hey God, you're able to do more than I could ever hope or imagine through me. And so that's there. That is there. You see, and so if we can't see it, it'll never happen. And so this is why this message is so important because God's got the stuff there. It's all in the planet, the blessings, the inventions, the everything is there. How does he get it into the earth? He needs a person that's open in their area of gifting, in their area of ability. And it doesn't have to be a person that's intellectual and had a degree and done that. God will use a mechanic and get them to invent something that's super abundant above. Or he'll get a, a builder to invent something, whatever it is. And it can do something magnificent. Help the planet, help the people, and also generate huge amounts of funds. Okay. So God dreams and he imagines. That's how he, that's how he operates, and we're made in God's image and likeness. He dreams and he imagines. I mean, the planet just didn't all of a sudden turn up. The planet didn't all of a sudden, it was made. No, the Bible talks about by faith, the planet. By faith, we understand the worlds were framed. It says, okay, and so it takes about, talks about faith, hope, and love. And so by faith, we understand the world was framed. And so there's a hope there, and there's faith. And so that's how it happens. There's hope, which is your vision, and then faith. Faith into that vision that fills it. In fact, what does it say here? It says in Hebrews 1.1, 1, 1, it's not in your notes. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. See, faith is a substance of dreams. Hope for the evidence of things not seen. Okay, I want to just share with you personally, Jeremiah. God dreams and he imagines, and so he had a dream for you. And, and, and in Jeremiah 1.5, and the New Living Translation, I like this, it says here, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart, and I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. Now, before I carry on swinging that and annoy somebody, because I'm swinging it, I'll get rid of it. Okay. <laughs> Now look at this, it says here, I knew you, I knew you before I formed you. You see, God knew you even before you came to this planet. He knew you, he had a vision of your life, he's created your giftings. He says, before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. You see, what has God done with your life? He knew you before he formed you. 
And he has appointed you to do something incredible on this planet. And so we're not trying to be somebody. We're not trying to, 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 to sort of pump up something. God has appointed you to do something. I mean, Jeremiah he said, I've appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. He said, you'll go to all to whom I send you. And that which I command you to speak, you shall speak. You shall not be afraid of their faces. He says, you're going to root out, you're going to pull down, and then you're going to build and plant in the nations. And that was Jeremiah. That was him. God needed a voice at that time. And so he was God's voice. And he was only a young man, and he was frightened and scared. And God said, I knew you, Jeremiah. I'm the one that made you, man. I'm the one that created you. I know what you're made of. You can do this, and you are going to go to the nations. And you are going to speak what I say. And you are going to do that. And the young man did. Rose up on the inside of him and got a hold of God's dream and connected with that and took off and did a magnificent work in his generation. Praise the Lord. You see, so it starts with a dream. Okay? It starts with a dream. And I gave the girls a, 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 an example of Joyce Myers. And so you've got to start where you are. Start with what God has for you right now in your world at your time. Like Joyce Meyer, when she was a young girl, she, she was, I mean, does everyone know who Joyce Meyer is? She's Myers, she's a, a famous evangelist right now in our generation. And so if we use her as an example. Now the girl, she just had a dream to be free from the emotional trauma that she had gone and she'd been sexually abused, she'd been emotionally abused and so she was a total mess. And so her dream as a young woman was, I want to be free. I just want to be free. And see, some people here right now, you may be in that place. You're just in a turmoil in your mind. It may not be sexual abuse, but you've got a turmoil in there. It may be fear. It may be insecurity, something like that. She just had that dream to be free. And so she got into the Word, and she started to feed on God's vision for her life, telling her that you are somebody, that you are one spirit with the Lord. I've delivered you from the powers of darkness. You are free. And so she fed on that, and she started to experience God's freedom. And then she found herself walking in the reality of what she had dreamed. But you see, it didn't stop there. You see, her dream connected with God's dream for her life. And so she started to hold ladies' groups, just home groups, and started to share the word in home groups. And then she was asked to be in conventions and conference speakers. And so she moved into that next step of a dream. She hadn't dreamed that in the beginning as a young girl. And so she stepped into that, and then all of a sudden she's this huge, big, popular speaker, and now has got television programs that's aired over all of the continents of the world and is the most well-known, most effective and influential female evangelist in our generation at that time. You think, wow, how did that happen? She had a dream to be free. And we can all do that. We can all step out in that first step and say, God, I want to take you at your word. I want to be I want to be financially free. Somebody may have that, and you just get yourself financially free, then all of a sudden it goes and it becomes exponential. And then something grows and it becomes bigger, and it becomes bigger, and it becomes bigger. I know Martin and his, 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 his brother, they've started a company, they're just wanting to help people. And, and, and they've got a, 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 a million-dollar company raising funds and raising money. They're the biggest fundraiser in New, in New Zealand. Is that right for certain organizations? Is that right? Yeah. They had a dream to help some people. You see, because these boys grew up in hospitals needing help, and so they had a, a, you know, they've had a dream to be free themselves. They've known what it's like to be kid in, a kid in hospital. And so they took what they had. They took the mess of their life and took a hold of that 
and they've built upon that. And they've got this business that raises major, major funding uh, in, in, in different for, for different organisations in New Zealand. It started with what they had, even though no matter how, how dreadful that situation was that they stood in, they could have gone, why was me? Oh God, nothing was my life. But they didn't. They had a dream inside. Hey, we know. And they, because they're Christian young men, they've obviously you know, tapped into that dream and have allowed that to grow. And, and, and they've got an incredible influence in that area. You see, so start with where we have. All of us have got a, a God dream inside of us. Praise the Lord. There's another lady. How are we going? There's another lady, Tara, uh, Tara Hollands Christenton, that I just want to have a quick look at. I haven't given you the statistics of her life, but you see, she was a, a Christian young woman, and I wanted to give you this example because this is such a natural, way out thing that she dreamed that she wanted to do you know, in her life. As a, as a little girl, she had dreamed that she wanted to be a Miss America. Now, that just seems way out of the picture. I mean, a Christian girl wanting to be a Miss America. I mean, you think, oh, my goodness me. Oh, cast the devil out of that girl. <coughs> she had a dream to be Miss America. You know, and so, so she was carrying that dream from a little girl. Her mother didn't crush that dream. Her mother didn't say, hey, no, you can't do that. Her mother was obviously just encouraged her. And when by the time she was, I think, in year seven, they were having to do, you know, how they do those oral um, school, um, I think, book reviews. And so you have to be, pretend that you're the person and come to school and be the astronaut or be whatever it is, you know, dress up accordingly and do the book review. Well, she decided that she was going to do a book review on Miss America, I think it was 1980. And so she came all dressed up, you know, sort of like with all the pretty stuff and the little flower and started to do this book review about Miss America 1980. And as she said in her interview afterwards, and you can read it on the website, she said, I knew that I wasn't Miss America. She said, I knew that. She said, but as I read that book, she said, I realized that God could use more than just pastors and missionaries. He could even use pageant girls to do something for him. And so she just carried on, and she couldn't enter competitions, you know, at 14 years old, I think it was 17 when she started to enter the competitions. And if you read her testimony, it is just quite amazing. I mean, she, was, she, she lost at different beauty contests. I mean, I think, you know, she, you know, here she is, she's getting up there. And I mean, I, mean, I mean, if you're an Olympic person and you're going for running or you're going for kayaking or whatever it is and you lose, well, okay, you can come back again and give it another go. But I mean, if you're a beauty queen and you stand up there and they don't like you, <laughs> I mean, you've got to go. <laughs> You're not going to go there next year. <laughs> Try again. Uh, but, but she did because she had this in her that I want to be Miss America. And so she even shifted from the state of Florida to I think the state of Arkansas or Kansas. And so she, she even shifted states because she tried twice in Florida and she kept on coming as Miss Runner-Up. I thought, well, the judges don't like me. Sorry, shifting state, you know. And so she shifted to another state, went through the same competition. And that year she won Miss, what, in fact, let me have a look. That year she won Miss Kansas City, I think it was, or Miss, Miss State of Kansas. And, that, and, then, and then that same year she went into, go into the um, US Miss America and she won. She won Miss America. And this is after, let me read it to you, this is after 16 competitions. <laughs> Four tries at the state level finals and over a seven-year period. Talk about a tenacity of a young girl that had a dream. And she knew it was a God dream, didn't understand the whole thing to begin with, but she knew. 
And in the interview, Tara was asked, look, what was the, the secret to your success? And she said, well, after she lost three times at the state levels that she was tempted to give up. <laughs> but she said, no, she didn't. What did she do? She went into the video parlor. She said that she, she, she got out hundreds of videos of different pageants. And she said she watched them over and over and over again. And she said every time she saw one of those girls crowned as the winner, she said, I saw myself being crowned. Now, you see, Olympic winners do that. The sports arena does this. But they're not mocked for that, you see, because they're in a sports arena. But this is a little girl, a young girl, in a beauty world, and a world that says, hey, you've got to be, you've got to be beautiful to win. I mean, it's, that's, a, that's a tough place to be. And so she said, I just saw myself. She said, every time I, she said, I saw them walking down that runway, she said, I saw myself. She said, seeing myself was the key to being able to win. She had to eradicate those, that, 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 that losing mentality that was so many of us have. Oh, I've, I've given that a go. I've tried once. Ah, uh, nah. This girl, she kept on trying and kept on trying. And she was interviewed with, another, with an, another interview, and he said, weren't you nervous? He said, here you are walking down the runway with the music going, ready to be crowned. Weren't you nervous, you know, kind of just walking down there? And she says, no. She said, I'd walk down there a thousand times in my dreams. I'd walk down there, and I'd walk down there, and I'd walk down there. She said, I'd walk down that runway. And so I'm asking you that question. How many of us have walked down the runway of our dreams? Have we walked down there? Not just once, but this girl said a thousand times, I walked down there, and I saw myself. Have we seen ourselves receiving that dream and kept that dream constantly in front of us? And as I sort of said, if we ask the sports arena, the sports, the sports you know, contestants, they do this. They've been taught to do this as well. And, and God is saying, come on, church, if the people in the natural realm can do it, we can do this. But you see, she had a bigger, a big, a bigger picture, which I'm going to have a look at in just a moment. And so what's really impressed me about, about Tara Hollins is just her tenacity and her daring that she had a dream that no matter what anybody else said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fulfill my dream, even to the point of shifting her whole, you know, shifting states. And even that would have been quite a challenge in itself because she then wasn't a Kansas girl, she was a Florida girl. But anyway, she just busted through that and came out a winner. And so number one, I put here that first of all, what are we, can we learn from, from her story and others? Believe that you do have a God dream. First of all, believe that you do have a God dream. That's inside. You do. It's not a question of have I, or have I or have I not. You have. And so that's got to be settled, that I do have a dream. Jeremiah, God says, I know. He's talking to Jeremiah. He said, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. And so God has plans. He knows it. And he's trying to get us to know it as well. His plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and to give you a future. And so that's over every single person's life right now. And so we are carrying, you are carrying the seeds of greatness. You're carrying a God seed inside you, a supernatural seed. And like Mary, the young, the, the young virgin, when the whole angel came to see her and he gave her the dream, God's dream, that, hey, I want to bring forth a Savior. And she said, God, be it to me according to your word. And her, her acknowledgement of that and saying, God, I believe that, I receive that, that meant that the seed of God, 
could go inside her and then what that which was born in her was holy and that which was is born in you is a holy thing in the planet right now in the earth right now just knowing that praise the Lord and so like I said we can just start where we are start like Joyce did I want to be free in my mind whatever that is start where you are you might want a child and we've got some people like Hannah for instance in the Old Testament she was just wanting a child she wanted to have a child and she couldn't and so she had a dream to have a child and you see God had a dream to have a prophet in the earth because he didn't have a voice and so heaven and earth touched and we see she got her prophet, or she got her son, and God got his voice in the earth. You see, Moses was the same. When all of, the other when all of Israel was giving up their children, and, and, and Egypt was killing um, all the babies in Israel at that time, Moses' parents said, no, I'm not giving up. we're not giving up our child because we see that he is. He, he is a, he's, well, in fact, I've got the, the notes here, that he was no ordinary child. He was a special child. He was carrying something. And so they chose to hide him. And their dream to say, no, Satan, you're not having my child. And God's dream to have a deliverer brought forth something in the earth. And you find that Moses knew that he was carrying something. His parents told them that you're a supernatural. There's something about you that's on your life. God is on your life. Now, you may have not had a parent that says God's on your life. You may have had parents that said you're a nothing and a nobody. But God is here today saying that you are a somebody and you are carrying something for God on this planet right now. It needs you. Our planet needs deliverers. Our planet needs businessmen that can deliver people from financial bondage. Our planet needs deliverance in every area. And so our dream for deliverance and freedom personally and God's, deliverance for the, and God's dream for deliverance for the planet just needs to, it's, it's, just, it's just connecting. Can you see that? Everyone's very quiet. Let me just read to you um, the crown, um, the power of the crown. This is, this is Tara's uh, in, her, in, in, in her interview. It talks about... The crown that she, she received as Miss America, that, that, that became a voice in the nation. You see, Tara didn't see the whole picture at 14 years old. She simply had a dream to be Miss America. And you see, when she was a Miss America, she could have had just fun for that year and just enjoyed that fun. But you see, she took it further and God and her did something amazing. She said, as I went through the system, I began to understand, and you can download this from the website, the impact and power of the crown. Then the true attraction for me became the voice that goes with the title. She said, I knew I would have the opportunity to be Miss America for one year, but that I would always be a former Miss America who would have some sphere of influence and be able to use that title for Christ and be able to make an impact. Isn't that amazing? In the beauty world and the youth world. And so I'll read this here. She is influencing now millions of youth with her stand for abstinence and sexual purity. And as one of the abstinent advocates, her voice was caught, caught the ear of President Bush, who has totally embraced this as a major initiative in the US, and he proposed $271 million per annum for abstinence and for sexual purity in the nation. And, and, and that was, that, that's what he wanted. He just totally thought, yeah! I want this for my nation. Now, of course, it has to go through all the Congress and things like that. And I think they only got, what was it, $170 million per annum. This is a little girl with a $170 million budget. Woo! And what is it for? It's to stand for righteousness. 
It's a voice and it's an influence and she's going into schools, going all over the place in the USA. And she's a Christian girl. She got married at 26 and her and her husband, he's a congressman. They both pledged, pledged sexual purity for themselves before they got married. And so she is one of the abstinent preachers in, in, in the USA. And her crown has given her a voice. Isn't that marvelous? She didn't know that at 14. She didn't know that when she was losing at different levels and saying, hey, no, you're a second, you're not a first. There was something in her who said, no, I want to be a first for God and realize that that crown gave her a voice and she'll have a voice for the rest of her life in that nation. Wow. And if you read the statistics, it's quite marvelous. Over a period of time, the statistics of abstinence has gone down, has gone from 53% there, so I think about to 47% within a period, I don't know whether it was in a 10-year period. Um, and that's not normal in this society right now. It should be going up because of all of the, you know, you know, sort of stuff that's out there. But in the nation, it's actually gone down where kids are starting to stand and say, no, I'm standing for sexual purity. I'm standing for abstinence here. I'm going to do this God's way. Isn't it amazing? And so, so yeah, just think, yeah. A natural dream, dream that we would think, okay, what can this do? What can God do? He will give you a voice. He will give you a voice. Praise the Lord. And so what are we doing here? First of all, and I'll just run through these things here. First of all, see yourself living in the dream. Tara did that. Seeing yourself in that place. See yourself healed. See yourself giving thousands of dollars away. Imagine yourself, you know, sort of walking in authority, walking in miracles, whatever it is. Just spend that time. If it's just five minutes before you go to bed. And so that actually when you go to sleep, you're actually living in that place as you go to bed which is a nice place to be. I mean, you can do that in the morning, but then we get busy with natural things. But just five minutes before you go to bed, if, even if you're doing that farther, I just take that time just to start to see that. And then go to bed just seeing that place in God. Start with that. You know, spending time in that zone, dreaming in God. And it may be, as I sort of said, it may be just that beginnings of, hey, I just want to be free. I just want to, be, I just want to pay my mortgage off. Or I just want to, you know, whatever it is. Start with that. Get a hold of that and allow God to increase and grow that. You see, Moses, what did he do? It said he kept on going because he kept his eyes on the one who was invisible. See, he was able to achieve what he did. He went into Egypt and delivered that nation. And he kept going because he had his eyes on him who was invisible. All right. And again, I'll just read the headlines of these and you've got the rest of the notes there. It says, create an environment of faith so that your dreams can grow. And so we know all of those things there. Get scriptures, get, the, get into the word. That's creating an environment of faith. Cut out pictures. And as I said, in our bedroom, we've got pictures on our walls of certain things, of words. In fact, we've taken them down because we've got workers redoing our bathroom. And so I don't want them to see what I'm believing for. I'll see all my words all over the wall. <laughs> you know, like a really pretty room, but I've got sort of kind of like this over, over the wall. And that's, I've taken those things down. In fact, I've taken them down for quite some time because we've been working on our bathroom for the last two years. <laughs> Vision for a completion. <laughs> dear, dear, dear. And that's so, but I've got one behind on my dressing table. I've got a family photo there and I've got one behind and you can just see the two words there. And I know what it means, but if anyone else comes in, they don't know what those words are. So, but, but again, just keep the picture before you. If we're serious about whatever it is, let's just be serious and let's do something to help the carnal mind to just submit to the spiritual mind so God can do something. 
through our lives and then get trained. You see, if you've got an area, if you've got you know, things like a scientist, inventions, doctors, whatever, if you need extra training, go get extra training. If you're an Olympic person and you've got a dream for a gold medal, go for it. Get that training that you need. And then allow God to use that as a voice. And the last thing I just want to have a quick look at is guard your heart. You see, we have to do that. Tara, she had to guard her heart because, hey, you're not, not, not as beautiful as you think you are. You know, well, I mean, hey, that's what they were saying to her. I mean, but there's lots of the voices out there and voices inside our head that's saying, hey, we're not as good as we think we are. You're not as clever as you think you are. Who do you think you are to be debt-free? Who are you to think that you're going to be the head and get that promotion? And so we have to guard our heart. Proverbs um, 23, 7 a says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so what, what am I thinking about myself? What am I thinking about? What are the voices that are going on? Because the Holy Ghost, is, he is a voice and he's speaking to us. But then there's other voices that are speaking. And so he says to us to guard our heart. And it's interesting that Patsy was talking about that and she was bringing, bringing that up as, I, as I'd preached that. And she, she brought th that thought up that, hey, we have to guard our heart. You see, when a thief comes marvelous marvelous wouldn't mind preaching the message one time but she said when a, when a thief comes to to come into the house he's he's not looking for something that's not of value he's looking for something that's very valuable to stake from you and 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 and, and satan's coming for something that's of value in your life and what is a value of your life is your dream and you have to guard that you are not allowed to give that away to him you are not allowed to let him steal that and you see, and I talked about that when I talked on the, on the, on the uh, session uh, of whose planet is it anyway, that Adam was the custodian and he was to guard the planet and not let Satan come in and steal. But he'd let him in and he did steal. You know, and then we found out that you know, he gave the planet, he gave the authority of the earth back to, over to Satan. Then Jesus had to come take the, take the planet back off Satan and give it back to us. And God has said, okay, now you are to guard the planet, which is the church we're supposed to be. But you see, we're also to guard our own world. We are the custodians of God's dream. And we're to guard that. We're not, allowed, we're not to allow Satan just to come in and just to take whatever he wants to, just to take that dream. That's what he's after. He's after your dream. He's after the voice of influence that God has for you. That's what he's after. And so we guard that. Just interesting... Um, in, in talking about guarding our heart, I looked. Uh, I was talking to Don McDonnell, and we were talking about this over lunch several weeks ago, and, and sort of kind of swapping revelations and swapping what God was doing. And he said, and he gave me this a quote from um, Edmund, uh, Sir Edmund Hillary. And Edmund Hillary, Sir Edmund Hillary said, he said, you know, talking about him conquering Everest, and he said, that which I hold in my heart, he said, I shall one day hold in my hand. That which I hold in my heart, I shall one day hold in my hand. You know, and as a young man, I think in 1953, because that's when Don McDonnell was born, and Don McDonnell reckoned mountain movers were born in that year, and that was the year that, conquer, that, that, that Everest conquered, uh, um, not Everest conquered, Hillary conquered Everest. And so Don McDonnell's standing on that word. <laughs> really great preacher, fantastic friend of ours. Uh, anyway, so... Uh, uh, Edmund Hillary, he had, he had missed. He climbed, he'd, he'd, he'd attempted to, um, to conquer Everest, and this, I'll just close with this. He attempted several times to uh, conquer Mount Everest, but he couldn't. 
you know, at, at those two times. And so I think on his website, he's got, a, he's got a picture there, and it says that that mountain cannot get any bigger, but I can. The mountain cannot get any bigger, but I can. And he went away from that mountain, trained himself, grew himself, obviously physically, and in this, you know, being able to sustain himself. And that mountain couldn't grow any bigger. But he said, I can. And he went back the next time, and he conquered it. And so just, I just in closing, I just really believe God wanting to say to you, no matter what the mountain is that you may be facing in here, it can't get any bigger, God is saying. But you can. You can grow yourself. You can grow this dream. You can allow the God factor inside you. And just saying, yes, God. Yes, God, my dream is reignited. Yes, God, for some of you, it's I'm about to give birth to this thing and I'm holding on. Some of, it, some of you just are needing to know, hey, yes, I do. I've, I've acknowledged God. I've got that dream. And that just, just, just living in that place and realizing it can't get any bigger. Satan can't get any bigger, but you can. Praise the Lord. Father God, I want to just thank you right now. Thank you right now, Lord God, that we are, Lord, Lord, for the, for the older people here, Lord God, that they, that they can be like the Caleb's, Lord God, that said to Joshua, Father, when they had to wait 40 years for that dream. And Lord, just saying over, over, over Norma, Father, right now, Lord God, she's been waiting for, for 40 years to see, Lord, the things that she's prayed for come to pass in this nation. And Father God, I just declare over you, Norma, that you are a Caleb in the house of God, that you are a Caleb in the house of God. Asanati, you're a, you're a Caleb in the house of God. When they said to Joshua that I'm as strong now as I was back then, give me that mountain. Hallelujah. I'm as strong now as I was back then when I saw that. Give me that mountain. And so, the older generation that's in this place right now, I just say that to you. Cardi, I say that to you as well, just as, 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 as he said. God, give me that mountain. I'm as strong now as I was back then. No matter what you have seen or you haven't seen, the mountain's yours. In Jesus Christ's name. And so, Father, we just thank you right now. We thank you that we receive what you are saying to the church right now. That, Lord, that we are a, 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 a generation that is unlimited, unrestricted. Father God, that we are fearless and that we are taking a hold of what you are saying to us and have said to us. We are positioning ourselves in our heart and we are making our mind bow to the position that you've given to us. And Lord, we thank you for inventions. We thank you for finances. We thank you for healings. We thank you for anointings of miraculous manifestations of every kind of power, not only money, Lord God, but miraculous manifestations of miracles of healing, Lord God, going out from this people. We just thank you for that, Father. We just receive that now. And Lord God, we will do that. We will guard our hearts. Satan's not coming in. He is not coming in and taking our dream. In Jesus' name, amen.